0: Welcome back, everyone, to episode 27 of the Two Pat Stack podcast brought to you in partnership with Primetime Productions and our friends at SeatGeek. Remember, if you are looking to go to a live event, whether it's a sporting event, a show, whatever, and you're looking at the secondary ticket market, check out SeatGeek while you're at it. Really cool app, very intuitive, tells you what's a good deal, what's not. And best of all, you can support the podcast here at the Two Pat Stack by using promo code Two-pad stack pod, Tesla number two, P A D, S T A C K, P O D, to save twenty bucks off your first purchase. I'm Ace. I'm the host. Alongside my wonderful co-host,
1: Birch. How you doing, buddy?
0: Uh oh, living the dream, man.
1: Dog days of winter, February. Of course, this, this week we didn't get any Bruins hockey. We didn't no get brooms any brooms hockey. hockey
0: you also say it's the dog days of winter has it felt like winter to you it this has year? not
1: it has not despite the amount of hours i put in at work last month it does not feel like winter and i was looking at like the forecast for like the next week up here in new hampshire next saturday we're gonna be in the 50s here where i am unbelievable in the 50s in february what is going on i want snow i love snow i always have yes it usually means that i have to spend some time at work but at the end of the day, I love being outside. I love watching it snow. I love throwing my kid in the snowbanks. I want to do that. I want to experience that with my kids. And my kids are young now, so it's fun while they actually like me. I want to experience it during that period of time. But we keep getting these 50-degree days. It's like, what the hell? Where Where's the snow? Where's the winter? And, of course, not having hockey on makes it even feel more like spring or summer with the weather that we've been having.
0: Dude, it's, like, the only thing that makes me feel like it's actually still winter is the fact that I still do have snow on the ground here. But, like, the sun is still showing up, like, not that. Like, it's like it's up wicked early, and it's down wicked early as well. So, I don't know. I, I, I really enjoy the winter. You know, I don't like bitter cold. Like, I don't want, like, the polar vortex where it's just making us freeze our Agree. ass off Agree. for, like, a month at a time or even like when it had those like week long times where it was sub like 10 degrees. Like that sucks ass. I don't like that. Like I don't live in Manitoba for a reason. Like (laughs) I don't, I don't want to deal with that shit, but I also get kind of concerned when we have 50 something degree weather in February, like my, my plants outside are going to start blooming and shit because they're going to think it's spring and it's not. And, uh, my chickens are all going to think I'm going to start, let them out, like go free range when I'm not like it's, it's just, it's weird. It's weird. But yeah, um, the all-star break is done. Uh, Bruins are returning to the ice. By the time you listen to this episode, we've already, the Bruins have already either returned to the ice or they're returning tonight. So, um, they had 10 days off. I saw some social media posts. The boys were going all over the place saw like, uh, Danton Heinen was out. Did you see, did you see this social post that I'm talking about? Not Danton. No. Yeah. I I forget exactly who he is. I think he was hanging out with like Pavel Zaka and, uh, uh, maybe Jacob Blauco or something. I don't know. Yeah. So they're all going all over hell's creation, just kind of disassociating from the, uh, the rigors of the NHL. And, you know, the boys are hanging out. If they don't have any significant others involved and, you know, it, it was really good to see. And I think it was a, a good opportunity for them to just kind of take a breath because they had the the fortunate uh, ability to to have the uh, bye week directly in front of the mm-hmm. All-Star break. And that gave them that amount of time off. And it, it really was kind of fortunate for them. Absolutely. I
1: saw our lovely friend of the show, Mr. Morgan Geeky, was down in the Bahamas with his family get some family time in down there i'm like oh that's a great place to go for your break in middle of february is to head to the bahamas nice warm weather down there get away spend some family time you know a lot of these guys are they're such in the grind you know throughout the 82 game regular season and playoffs that they don't get that real time to separate and spend time with their families and i think it's great that the timing worked out for you know the bruins with this to be able to Afford these guys that opportunity to kind of get away, shut down a little bit for, you know, the break with their families, and you know, kind of get a reset in, kind of get that, you know, you you know how it is when you go on a long vacation, you know, you, you some sometimes like I know I get to a point where if like when I was off on my leave for my kids being born this past summer, like I was off for four months. By the time I went back to work, I don't want to say I was ready because I enjoyed being home with my family, but, like, you felt recharged and you felt ready yeah. to attack again. And I feel like that this break for these guys is going to afford them that that opportunity to kind of recharge, reset, and get ready for this grind that's going to be the second half of the season in the playoffs.
0: Well, it's not going to be easy for them when they return. They have a pretty rigorous schedule. Um...
1: Exactly my point.
0: Yeah, so they're going to be facing some pretty good teams. I'm trying to pull up the schedule. I should have already had this up, but that's okay. Um, Yeah, so they've got Calgary at Boston on Tuesday, February 6th. That's not so so difficult, especially now that they've traded away their top-line center, Elias Lindholm, who, on that note, uh, Elliot Friedman was on his podcast talking about how the Boston Bruins were involved in talks on Elias Lindholm, but they only wanted to make a trade if they could get a contract extension lined up. Which, Berge and I talked about this offline. Like, I am incredibly concerned that the Boston Bruins were even in in discussions with him. Absolutely. Once I saw what the price was that Calgary was able to net For Elias Lindholm without an extension in place and the fact that the Bruins are somehow involved if an extension was in place that insinuates the fact that the Boston Bruins would have to somehow pay more than what the Vancouver Canucks did in order to secure him with a contract that's terrifying to me like I really hope Don Sweeney isn't seriously going out there and dangling out those assets that we really don't have to spare right now absolutely and
1: you know you saw what what the Canucks gave up to get Lindholm. It was not cheap. I think it was a good trade for both, for for both squads. I think it works out for, for Calgary as well as Vancouver, getting a, getting a guy that's going to certainly help their chances at winning a president's trophy and going deep in the playoffs this year. But you're, you're spot on. I'm terrified that Don Sweeney was even in the conversation with this because we've talked on previous episodes here about how, like how do we want the Bruins to handle the trade deadline this year? They're kind of in a interesting spot, you know, compared to years past. And I think we were kind of in agreement last week when we were talking about it, but I don't want to see him give up Lysel or any of these top prospects that the Bruins have, or even draft picks three, four years down the road. I don't want them doing that. So, so I mean, it's definitely a was an interesting nu- nugget from Friedman there about the Bruins even being in the conversation with that price that Vancouver paid and you know we'll see what happens in the next couple of weeks. I think the the NHL trade deadline is either at the end of February
0: or the first week of March, early March.
1: Yeah, it's uh Friday, March 8th is the date. Yeah.
0: So 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 the like I said the Bruins were involved there. And they wanted to acquire Elias Lindholm with a contract extension. That Vancouver deal included winger Andre Andre Kuzmenko. And that's a middle six winger. He had the 30 goals a year ago. Mm -hmm. Obviously, he isn't trending toward that production this year. He's found himself in the doghouse for uh, um, Coach Rick Tockett in the Vancouver Canucks. But you know that's a former thirty goal scorer right there, not an insignificant asset. If that player was available on the trade deadline, usually, probably could net you a first round pick. Thirty goal scorers don't grow on trees. Mm-hmm. In addition to Kuzmenko, the Canucks sent, or uh, sorry, the the yeah, the Canucks sent defenseman Hunter Brewstewitz. Uh, who is one of the top defense prospects in the CHL playing at a point per game pace. Number one defense prospect in their system. Defenseman Yoni Yurmo, which I think is just a contract swap. A 2024 first round pick, which we would have to wait three seasons in order to provide. Mm-hmm. So the value is less when you have to wait for it. And a conditional 2024 fourth round pick. Like that is a metric fuck ton of assets that the Vancouver Canucks spent for a rental Elias Lindholm. Scary. It's scary to
1: think. Uh, I, I don't know it's so much if Lindholm would have cost more if a contract extension was in place with Lindholm. I think that if they had been able to have the conversation. I don't know if how it would have affected the return, but at the same time, like you said, the Bruins have to wait another two years to give up a first-round pick. So, if you know how the, the, the draft pick valuation works, the further out you go, the less valuable the pick is. At time, the time is money. You're making the move, so Bruins would have had to pay more than what the. Uh, Canucks gave up to get Lindholm. So we're in agreement on that. I, I'm i still holding out the, to the point that Lindholm is not going to get a contract extension with Vancouver. And that he is going to hit the free agent market. And when he hits the free agent market in July, I'm all in on wanting to sign him to be here. I think he'd be a great fit for this team, but I'm not giving up premium assets absolutely to, not. to acquire him or any other player for that matter. Because the Bruins don't have any. And the ones that they have, they need to covet and they need to continue to develop those assets. And they need to continue to have those pieces hit and contribute at the NHL level. I think that's major. And the Bruins just don't have that to give. They pushed all their marbles in last year, rightfully so, not criticizing them for that because they absolutely were right to do what they did at the time. You can armchair quarterback the hell out of it right now because of how the playoffs went last year and what position they're in for the team this year, which is succeeding at a high level. Uh, I think ahead of, at least definitely ahead of my expectations, uh, but I would say a majority of Bruins fans' expectations going into this season. And I just, I, I don't believe that they should be anywhere around any of these top-priced trade deadline.
0: No, no they're, they're not in the market for the top dogs this year, but I do think that they could use some, like, middle six, bottom mm-hmm. six supplemental assets that aren't going to cost much. And I'm going to throw some names at you that I've, I'm hearing out there. Not, Not saying that they're legitimate rumors or whatever. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not an insider. Pat Maroon.
1: Yeah. What am I giving up to get that?
0: Like a fourth round pick.
1: I see. I'm not. I'm not doing it. I don't think I'm doing that. I don't think I want that.
0: Jacob Middleton. Do you know anything about him?
1: A little bit. I know they were. They were kind of wanting. They were kind of talked about when he was traded. I think from San Jose to Correct. Minnesota, right? They Correct. were. They were talked about with him uh, for that. For that move. Again, it's it's one of those moves like. It depends what what the return is, and
0: and well, and all I that. saw I saw it, it was an article on the Boston Globe where one of the beat writers, apologies, I don't know the name who it was. I'll I'll figure it out afterwards. But uh, they were talking about what the Bruins need in order to take that next step and really contend this year, and that was more out of Hampus Lindholm, and. Uh, it's no secret that Hampus Lindholm took a big step back last postseason uh, when injuries kind of reared their ugly head. And he hasn't kind of resumed that style of play that he had at the beginning of last season. And a lot of that was kind of allocated in this article to Hampus Lindholm being asked to be that shutdown guy and facing the top tier Offenses and not playing at the well, the level that he did before the injury. They're suggesting bringing in somebody in like Jacob Middleton could alleviate some of that for Hampus Lindholm and make those matchups a little bit more advantageous for him to play his game the way he did last year.
1: What am I giving up for Jacob Middleton? That's what I want to know.
0: That's a good question. What is Jacob Middleton's value? Yeah, probably a third. I,
1: he might even be worth more than that. Second, maybe, dude. He's under term for next year too, at a very reasonable cap hit of two point four five million.
0: Maybe it's like, a hockey trade. Maybe it's a Grizzly for. Sign me up deal. for that.
1: Sign me up for that. Absolutely. If I'm giving up a mid mid round pick, or like a hockey, trade... I'll even
0: give you a fifth round pick with Grizzly.
1: Done. I'll do that. Twenty eight years old. You know, just turned twenty eight he's having a pretty good season. I mean, he's got seven goals and 11 assists in 49 games for a defenseman there in Minnesota. And I think Minnesota, if I'm not mistaken is a team, that's kind of underperforming this year. Um, I just, that, 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 that screams like a move. Like, like we were talking when, you know, we were at, you know, where we were last week and a Marcus Johansson type trade deadline that the Bruins had in 2019
0: is exactly what I want to see this team do. But I I can see somebody like Pat Maroon and Jacob Middleton coming together in a package, kind of like how Don Sweeney went out and got Dimitri Orlov and Garnet Hathaway from the Washington Capitals. And those are both bargain bin type players, right? They're not like anything that's going to break the bank. Mm-hmm. So I can see them doing something like that because I do think Don Sweeney, like we talked about before, Don Sweeney wants to reward the players for what they've done so far already. And, you know, we've put ourselves in a position. I say we, like I'm part of the team because I'm special like that. Um put themselves in a position to be successful and have the most optimal matchup in the postseason. Let's go okay. out and and supplement the roster. And and I think Patrick Pat Maroon plays that. Type of game that the Bruins needed against the, the fucking Florida Panthers. You know, send fat Pat in there, you know, mess up some fuckers and then get out pasta on the next shift. And Jacob Middleton plays that same type of game. I will walk back what I just said, just after looking at the cat numbers
1: and everything. What you just put out about it being like an Orlov halfway type situation, that's not going to cost me a first round pick to make it happen. I'll be in on that. Just is another body. He's an experienced playoff tested veteran body, dude. The cup final should be
0: renamed the Pat Maroon Invitational at this point. Like, for, fuck. Some,
1: for some reason, I thought he was making more than a million a year. I don't know why I thought he was, but then I saw his cap number. Especially if you get if you were to get Minnesota to retain half of that, you know, you're only paying him like at the end of the day when the trade happens, you're paying him $125,000, 200000 against the cap. If they retain on them, because the Bruins are, are, are very cap strapped with what, what kind of moves they can make. Somebody off the active roster is going to have to go for a trade to work. And. Dude. Chris looking a fourth for Middleton and, and Maroon. If that actually is a possibility, I'm
0: entertaining that hundred times out of a hundred. Yeah. It'll definitely cost more than that. They'd probably have to throw in a future second, like from like three drafts from now or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um as long and, and as how about first? This, somebody's been uh, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna throw something at you here. I I wanna quiz you, see if you can guess. Oh boy. NHL veteran, former Bruin, no NHL contract right now, working hard out there, wants to get a contract, could maybe meet, meet that middle six forward rule. No assets required. What's his name?
1: I have no idea.
0: Loves hot dogs.
1: Okay, all right, that gives it away.
0: <laughs> Philip. <laughs> Good old Phil the Thrill. That yes. would be something. That would so, be something. So Phil Kessel still out there working hard, trying to get an NHL contract this year. Uh, allegedly, has talks with multiple teams right now. Just keeping tabs on their situation. Nothing imminent. What do you think about maybe a return of Phil Kessel to Boston before the trade deadline?
1: Again, he's he'd be that Pat Maroon type player that you'd get I'd argue better than Pat Maroon. More skilled, at at least. That's where you'd bring something
0: else to the table.
1: Playoff tested, battle tested, been there, done that, familiar with the organization, even though it was what? Geez, freaking fifteen years ago or lifetime ago. Yeah. But yeah, absolutely. Honestly, trade for Jacob Middleton, let Pat Maroon stay in Minnesota, sign Phil Kessel.
0: So who in the bottom six is going to be your truculence mixing it up?
1: I don't even – like, I'm not even necessarily saying, like, you sign somebody like that to be an everyday player. You know what I mean? Like, it's tough. It's it, that's, that's a tough spot. I mean, like – They've had so much. They've had so much success with a lot of their bottom six guys this year. It's, I don't know. I don't know who you sit down. You're not going to sit. I, I
0: sit. I sit. Oscar Steen over Pat Maroon ten he, times out of ten.
1: He was the first name that popped into my head when we're talking about the bottom six was Oscar Steen. But like, I mean, do you really it, want to sit down somebody like Laco or Bolqvist or like these guys? Eh, I, I, again, I think you could bring, bring Phil in to be that kind of guy that's going to give somebody like, like a, like a JVR some time off.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I can see that. And I you also know, think it, it's going to be situational, right? You know, depending on the matchup, if it's going to be a fast skill team that you end up going up against in the first round, like, uh, I don't even know, like New Jersey gets in. Mm-hmm. Like, then you go Boquist, you go, uh, steam. You go all the fast skill players you have to try to match up to that. Mm-hmm. But if you're going toe to toe with the Tampa Bay Lightning, Use I want I want Pat Maroon in mm-hmm. that bottom six. I want as much grit as I can get. I don't want honestly. I probably don't want Matt Potra on the ice yep. in a postseason situation. Um, as much as I would love to get him postseason time and I don't want to rely
1: on it. I don't want to rely right? on that. Same with all the other young kids. Like again, this was a season we went into it where it was going to be, at least I thought, a transition year where you were going to play the kids and live and die by the kids and maybe fight for a spot and be knocked out, you know, early. But this team is. Can can we
0: just both acknowledge the fact that we have to eat our crow here with the Boston Bruins having the best record, tied to the best record in the NHL at the All Star break? Dude, I've been
1: I've been feasting on crow for a while now. I've been feasting on that for a while now i did not expect this i even after the start i'm like they're going to come down to earth they're going to come down to earth and i mean there has been points this year we've talked about it here where there's concerns about some of the blown leads the play in overtime and all this and that which again if that's all we're worrying about i'm taking a full play of crow because i expected to be worrying about a lot worse
0: absolutely like and and, and we've talked about this before like we have to also welcome that adversity and they've had more adversity than previous years. So maybe they can use this adversity if they've run into and turn that into some more productivity when it matters most. So they don't kind of be caught with their pants down when they first start to see, Oh shit, it's not as easy. It was as it was all year.
1: Absolutely. Totally agree with that. And they've been a very welcome surprise given everything they went through in the off season given the amount of youth in the roster that's been playing this year, it's, it's incredible.
0: So I want to just kind of recap again. Uh, obviously if you guys listened to the last episode, we had a really fun live event last week at back Hill beer in Rochester, New Hampshire. Um, really good brews, uh, good food from, uh, fat kid culinary productions at the event. Um, it was a really great time and we appreciate you. If you didn't come by uh, just wanted to kind of reaffirm our appreciation for uh, Peter, the the owner of the brewery for hosting us and uh, all the folks that were working the event. Uh, great bartenders, great beer, great time. So thanks.
1: Yes. Uh, unbelievable experience. My first time to back Hill beer. Uh, I walked out with t-shirt Uh, If I get the camera right, got the t-shirt. What a a
0: good model we have here.
1: Yeah, I got the t-shirt, got the the glass, got the sticker, you know, the sticker for my cooler, got a nice four pack of double IPAs that I have enjoyed. I still have one left. I'm saving it. I'm saving it. And, uh, but, yeah, unbelievable experience. It was great to to meet uh, you know some of the guys out there.
0: Army, shout out to you. Yeah, big you shout know, out, Army. And Cam, your buddy. Cam, Cam. Thanks, absolutely.
1: Cam. Thanks for coming out to support us. Um, I talk a lot of smack to you on Twitter, but after seeing you in person, I don't know if I should be because you tower over me. I'll stuff he, you in a locker. Yeah, he 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 literally could stuff me in a locker. Very easily if he wanted to, he could stuff me in a locker. And I'm not a small dude. So... <laughs> But no, absolutely great. It was great to meet meet your army and Cam and everybody. The game else couldn't
0: have gone much better too.
1: Dude, it was great. We did I you know we started we started having the beer at like 1230 and the game started at 1230. Actually, you know what? Let me let me stop punch push back a little bit here. The NHL man advertises a 1230 start in Philadelphia. The game didn't drop the puck until 120.
0: Oh it was unbelievable.
1: God. And I get they have to honor Mark Recchi. Mark Recchi, great. NHL player, we love him here with the Bruins, but he was very, very focal for the Philadelphia Flyers in the '90s. Just why can't you just have them? Why couldn't Philadelphia just start that at like 12 o'clock?
0: Well, I mean, Mark Recchi like, had to go out there and thank every man, woman, and child and beer vendor that were at the Wells Fargo Arena. It's, I mean,
1: I mean, but still, like, expect that, like. You're inducting him. What was it into the Flyers Hall of Fame or like Ring of Honor? I forget what it was. What what they do down Flyers there, but, Hall of Fame, yeah. But like, yeah, we know this is coming. We knew this ahead of time that it was coming. Why are you starting the ceremony at twelve thirty? Why? We waited forty. We the game started when the first period should have been ending, right? Like it was unbelievable. We're sitting there watching this thing i'm like oh my god can the game start i'm gonna be like and everybody's
0: already like two double ipas exactly in the time the puck
1: dropped. <laughs> and i'm like and, and you know talking about the game like thank goodness like like the game was over at the end of the first period i'm like oh, i don't have to pay like be glued to this television right now be, and i can socialize a little bit because the Bruins are running away with it an outstanding performance couldn't have asked for a better performance for the watch party absolutely
0: it was it was a great game. We all had a really good time, and uh, it was extra cool seeing JVR score against his former team that mm-hmm. I mean, he just left. So, uh, but yeah, giant shout out to the Backhill Beer once again. Thank you very much, Peter. Thank you, Absolutely. Kyle, for tending bar. Thank you, Kevin, for tending bar later that day. Uh, really, really enjoy our relationship with the brewery. And on that note. I think we may have already shared the news on the last episode, my life's a blur, but we're going to have our own beer through back Hill beer here with the podcast. And, uh, Peter is very interested in having a name that is identifiable to Bruins fans, but not necessarily obviously Bruins related to people that don't know the Boston Bruins. So I have a little, uh, quest for all of our listeners here, to come up with some names. You know, what I would like to do is take your names, as long as they're not terrible, and <laughs> run them by Peter. And who knows, maybe one of our listeners will come up with the ultimate beer name for the two-pad stack beer. Uh, something for you to know, the beer is going to be a Pilsner. So really nice and light beer, crushable. Think like uh, Bud Light, but not terrible. So that's something I'm going to leave you with.
1: Much better than Bud Light. We'll just leave it at that. All the beer at this brewery up in Rochester, New Hampshire. If you strictly drink Bud Light, stay away. You want to be a real beer drinker to come here and experience this. I think I tried two or three different ones. Every single beer that I tried was like unbelievable. An Ace coming over to me with a little shot glass to give me the give me the taste test on all these beers i'm like dude pump <laughs> the brakes like i love my d- double ipas i want to enjoy them don't don't do me in with these little with these little but every honestly every single beer that i had was fantastic the environment the vibe at the brewery was exactly what i wanted when i went to a craft brewery i'm a, kind of a craft brewery snob when i lived on the sea coast of new hampshire i would go to them all the time the vibe in this place was unbelievable so if you have a chance to get up there and, you know, experience, you know, Seacoast, New Hampshire, craft breweries, Back Hill Beer should be at the top of
0: your list. Unbelievable. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. So day after the event, you had something going on. What were you doing? So
1: I actually laced up, you know, strapped up the pads, was playing in a uh, charity game called the, uh, the Team Walk for Cancer you know, charity hockey game, been doing it. The game has been running now for 10 years. I've played it every single one. It's an unbelievable experience. We started at, uh, you know, a smaller rink in Tingsboro, Massachusetts. And uh, we've now graduated to playing at the Songus Arena where UMass Little Riverhawks play. And, and PWHL
0: you know, Boston.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. PWHL Boston plays there as well. And unbelievable experience. It's a great opportunity for me to be able to have my kids and my family come watch me play because let's be honest, I'm not keeping a eight month old up or a three year old up to come watch me play at 10 o'clock on a Monday night. Not going to happen. So unbelievable family event. It was great. The Rank was hot. It was awful. There were supposed to be three goalies. One goalie bailed out after the first period. And I was like, Oh, well I would have sat the first period so I could have had a break. Instead I played three 20 minute periods It's the only time during the year that I play that much. Uh, It was a great experience. We had one of primetime's own on my team for two of those three periods, Mr. Boosie. My first experience meeting Boosie was an unbelievable experience, Uh, you know, getting to finally meet him, one of the primetime guys. Uh, He was my defenseman. It was great out there. You know, we had a lot of fun. You know, Boosie made a couple of fantastic passes up the ice. Led directly to goals. And, uh, you know, he wasn't the defensive liability I thought he was going to be. The, the teams were kind of stacked, you know, a little bit lopsided. And I, dude, I got peppered. I got absolutely peppered with shots. It was, I would, dude, I was so gassed after this game.
0: He said that it was a little warm in the barn, too. It
1: was awfully hot, dude. Dude, I, my cheeks, I, dude, I played three periods. I was like ready. Like, there was a point in the third period. I was like, I'm worried a little bit. I might pass out because it's so hot in here. Like, it was unbelievable. And you think you I'm said you were league. a little rosy.
0: You were a little dude, rosy when he skated.
1: Rosy here. cheek, dude. I was freaking so tired after that, like, dude. I was sore for like three days after oh, this Oh, dude, game I can game. only imagine. And I had to play the next night. I had to play in my men's league the next night. I went home in my chair. I had a I had one of my back hill double IPAs, and like yes. I fell asleep, fell asleep in my chair. I fell asleep in my chair. I was so tired.
0: Oh, you fell asleep in a chair, dude.
1: A dad man. got I got
0: full keep... dad mode. Hell full dad, yeah,
1: full dad mode.
0: I have one of these like big ass like Bob's Furniture power recliner chairs in my basement, my man cave. I still haven't fallen asleep in it. I gotta, I gotta give that a go.
1: You gotta keep the dad. You gotta up your dad game, man. Up it up, man. Yeah, but I gotta do that. It was funny because Boosie, Boosie, I changed teams in the third period because I wanted to sit down with my with my family. I had friends down there too. You know, this little, little, I think he's almost three, or he's he is three. He's three. He's a little younger than my son, but he's obsessed with goalies. He's one. He's my uh, my wife's friend's son. He's obsessed with goalies and going over to see him at the glass. It was unbelievable. He was so happy and a little bit starstruck it kind of put me like made me think like i'm like this 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 hot shot but he was a little starstruck when he came up to me and you know in between periods and stuff it was pretty cool but boosie played against That's me in the awesome. third period boosie played against me in the third period i hadn't seen him skate that fast i hadn't <laughs> seen him skate that fast in the first two periods when he was defending me but dude he ripped a couple of shots at me like he dude, he was he was buzzing for a goal he wanted the bragging rights and if you listen to only Bruins uh, last week, he talked about it a little bit. Yeah. Shout that, out to
0: only Bruins. Find him at, uh, on Twitter at only Bruins. Absolutely. Good, good podcast.
1: But yeah, he hummed one at me and it, it did catch me. It cut me right in the glove shoulder. Like he was, he was hunting. I'm like, I can't let this dude score on me. Cause I'm never going to hear the end of it. I can't do it. I can't do it. But no, all around, it was a great, great time. Great experience. Every year I play in this game. It's usually in the, you know, tail end of january at the Sangus arena great cause you know great raffles and everything to to you know support the you know cause for cancer and raising money for research and all that and it uh unbelievable like i said i played in this game since its infancy since the first year i played every year i'm always i'm always tending one of the nets and it's it's an absolute blast of an experience if uh you want to come down and watch next year. I'll have it shared on all my socials. Like I said, great raffles. I think they gave away Bruins tickets this year. Uh, 70-inch TV was one of the raffles. Unbelievable. Unbelievable experience. Well, if
0: you need another tendy for next year's event, let me know.
1: Well, I, if I'm going to end up playing 60 minutes again, I'm just going to want somebody to come in and give me a breather for, for, for half the I'll game. Think, I'll <laughs> take a
0: five-minute spin. You can get back out there after I'm done. Yeah,
1: we'll Definitely keep that in mind. It'd be great, great for us to be in opposing nets.
0: Dude, can you imagine the content? I'll get like a GoPro and put it on my mask. (laughs) Record it and put it out on the socials. There you go. (laughs) That'd be great. Uh, Yeah, so it it was great to hear Boosie's perspective on OB. Good to get Burge's take on the event. Really good uh, mission for what they were doing, and we had some fun uh, telling you that story. So, yeah, shout out to Burge. Shout out to Boosie. Thanks, guys, for, for doing the right thing there. Uh, I hit the ice with some PTP members as well, but it was digital ice, it wasn't. I, I was uh
2: I participated
0: <laughs> in the uh primetime tapped in series last week. Uh, PTP East was my club that I drafted. We faced up against Chris Davis's PTP West, and uh, I gotta say, I was really proud of the PTP East boys. For going about it in a very professional manner, there was a lot of uh, verbal barbs being thrown around <laughs> on social media by PTP West. Uh, they were very confident. They did a lot of warm-up practice scrimmages with other teams before, uh, but our boys here at PTB, so we got out there and, you know, we put our uh, we we strapped our work boots and uh, we were ready to get it done. And uh, you know, sometimes actions speak louder than words. <laughs> and uh you know after uh triumphant one uh you know game one and game two win at home we hit the road and uh we were confident you know ptp east uh shout out mel shout out boosie army uh fuck uh uh marty uh great great team that we had there offside Uh, champion yeah Army's is the greatest offside champion of the world uh we just went out there and we we did our thing and uh PTP West just I heard that they had some uh disarray in the locker, a little bit of uh finger pointing, if you will. Um uh, I I honestly I, I personally blame their management. I don't think that their manager did a good job drafting. Uh you know, Chris Davis's inability to manage and my, you know, superior management ability really led the way to PTP East getting it done uh, in a sweep, by the way, a four nothing season uh, series sweep for PTP East to uh, bring home the inaugural uh, tapped in series cup. So uh, all seriousness, I had a great time. Shout out to everyone involved. Davis showing up on the draft stream in a full suit made me step away (laughs) and grab my sports coat. What Uh, do you mean step
1: away? (laughs)
0: Yeah, they don't need to know about that, Burge. We don't need to talk about that. Uh, Big shout out to everybody involved. Would have loved to have Burge involved, but his schedule didn't work out. Maybe next time. But there'll be more uh tapped-in series coming. I'll be, uh, uh, I'll be the savior soon. for PTP West.
1: I'll be the savior.
0: Yeah, you could be the next Ignacio Cuervo for PTP West. <laughs> what a fucking goon.
1: No, it seemed like it was a great event. I tuned in for the draft, and I did see both of you guys with your your sport coats on and suits, and I was like, oh, this is unbelievable. I wish I I was available. Dude, I was at work. I pulled it up on my phone. I got the notification. I pulled it up on my phone to watch some of the draft, and I was like, this is unbelievable. I wish I was available to be on stream and be potentially Mr. Relevant of that draft because I suck at NHL, so... (laughs) (laughs)
0: yeah you haven't played much this game either i haven't no i
1: we used to do the streams and we haven't we obviously all have all been busy so we haven't put the club together and get on stream and and do our things so hopefully we can do that here in the near future
0: yeah absolutely um we have some picks for you this week with hatrick with patrick why don't we go ahead and send you over there and see if patrick can make you some money so we're gonna do that right now make some
2: money. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, two pad stack fans, and welcome back to the two pad stack Patrick with Patrick, I am Patrick. Let's go. We are eight and ten after an 0-3 showing last week. I'm sorry. I feel bad, but sometimes you win some and you lose some. Let's make some money. This is for Tuesday, February 6th, 2024. Here we go. First pick is going to be the Colorado Avalanche and the New Jersey Devils, one of my Top over teams over six and a half goals scored in that game. That is minus 115. As I said, the Devils are my over team. Next, we will go to the Vancouver Canucks. Believe they made some kind of a deal. And I'm taking the money line plus 120 on the road against Carolina. And last but not least, I am taking the Boston Bruins in a big move game, minus one and a half, hosting the Calgary Flames. That is plus 124 for your gambling needs. Be sure to follow. PTP bets on X I am Patrick from the two pad stack Patrick with Patrick. Let's win some money.
0: All right. Well, there's your picks for this week. Thank you again, Patrick, uh, for your wonderful content, and I hope that Pat can make you guys make you guys some money here. So, um, so I wanted to get your thoughts, Burge. We're coming off the All Star break. What did you think about this year's All Star format?
1: I'll be honest. I was very meh going into this format, and after I, I, I'll be honest. I was working, so I didn't watch all of the content from it. I actually had a lot of fun watching the uh the primetime preview stream with Davis and Brett and 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 just just going in and and trolling Brett for his his sunglasses that he was wearing the whole time for that for the skills competition but at the end of the day like the the all-star thing just just doesn't do it for me. I don't see like it's not the same as what it was you know 25 and i may sound like a boomer when i'm talking about this but like <laughs> I, it doesn't seem the same like it's not the same feel like of ray bork at the garden you know that that game with the the fox tracking puck and all that like it's not the same yeah, feel bring like back the, the
0: glow puck that's what Burgess is saying right <laughs> i'm not saying that i'm not going that
1: far <laughs> for an all-star game sure why not but you see the way and the way that these guys play in the game. It's, it's obviously the guys are not trying to get hurt and I respect that. I don't want them any of any players to get hurt in a meaningless game in the middle of a, of a grind of a regular season. But, you know, it just seems slow. It seemed like, you know, the three on three thing was okay. I, I mean, I get why they're trying to push it because three on three overtime is so great, but that's when, that's when players are actually like trying and they're actually giving everything to win a game and it just to me it doesn't it doesn't you know translate to a all-star kind of performance um the jerseys were atrocious i, I think i've been very clear <laughs> about that um so it's hard to look at but at the end of the day you know it's all about a spectacle it's all about them showcasing the league's talent and i and i understand that but i'd rather them just go back to a 5 on 5 60-minute game between two teams. Let them play. Let each goalie play a period, and just just go that route. It, it feels more like hockey to me when they do that. And the tournament thing just it just doesn't doesn't do it for me.
0: Yeah, I I, I have to agree. I'll do I I do like the full the whole uh, you know draft format because you're able to see combinations you wouldn't see otherwise right seeing pasta play with mcdavid Mm -hmm. right like if it was east versus west that that'd never be possible you know it's not like they play olympics with each other because they're from different countries like so just being able to see that combination is really cool and interesting but but i agree i i think honestly three on three in general has grown very stale for me i see it a lot in regulation or uh in regular season games And uh, it seems like they've figured out the meta for three-on-three where it's like, if you don't have a good opportunity, just retreat, get a line change, and cycle the puck in your own zone until you can find the other team in a compromised position and then go on the attack. Like, it's only if it's like a guaranteed two-on-one or a breakaway that you see players actually skating full speed in three-on-three anymore. Mm -hmm. And that definitely carried over into the All-Star game. And I think... You know, if you were able to play five on five, it would put some players that maybe appreciate the opportunity of being an all-star a little bit more than these guys that just kind of take it for granted. Uh, and they might actually work a little harder. Like, more boot generators of the world in the all-star game is a good thing.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, we've talked about it multiple times on the pod regards to three-on-three, three over uh, the overtime of the regular season. And I do agree with you that it it does feel like they figured it out. And if it's translating to a uh, a showcase game, which is what the all-star game is, it's showcasing the talent of the league and they're not going to restrict it. And I think it all, it all ties into them changing the rules for three on three overtime and making it unable to just retreat and do all that. I think if they were to do that, maybe you see it happen a little bit more in a, in a showcase event like this was, but again, nobody's trying to get hurt. Nobody's going 110%. And again, respect it because I don't want any star player getting hurt in a meaningless game, but the NHL markets this thing as a showcase of its top tier talent. And if you're not going to be able to really show it, what's the point other than, you know, getting, I mean, again, maybe they're, they want the casual fans to buy the jerseys. They want the casual fans to go to the game and tune in to see the NHL's best but they're not getting the best at the end of the day.
0: Yeah. And and it's, it's, it's like that fine line, right? Like you gotta, you gotta give those, those star players the opportunity to present the skills that they have. And they usually do that more in the skills competition, right? Yeah. It's like a glorified game of shinny for the all-star game Mm -hmm. itself. There's no reason for them to actually play that. Mm -hmm. It's just to get out there Mm -hmm. and have fun. And like, maybe meet some new future teammates, I guess. Like, especially during the All-Star uh, Skills Competition, you saw these players that weren't participating. There was, like, a big bench in the center of the ice. These guys are all just sitting there shooting the shit laughing at each other's jokes. Yuck, yuck, yucking. Uh, just having a grand old time. Um, but I also I also think it's more of an opportunity now for an NHL NHL market to... You know, express themselves instead of the players because you've got fucking Justin Bieber everywhere. Everywhere. You can't look anywhere without seeing Justin Bieber at this fucking trade deadline or trade deadline. Jesus Christ, all star event. Uh, And you've got. I don't know. They introduced so many musicians at this event and I had mm-hmm. no idea who any of them were. Mm-hmm. They're like three time Juno award winning. I'm like, I don't know what the fuck a Juno award. Yeah, like, yeah. like what are you doing here? Like, I understand that's like the Canadian music award and everything. I had never heard of any of these people and they're out there. Like, like there was a DJ, like a couple of DJ guys that are up there just like bouncing the whole time. They're not even performing, like they're not singing. They're not playing any music. They hit play on a button and they're just bouncing on yeah. the stage, like they're doing some amazing musical contribution. Like I don't know, like NHL definitely seems like it's a little bit out of touch on this stuff. Maybe I sound like a boomer right now because I'm making fun of a fucking DJ, but <laughs> I don't know what they're doing here anymore. I th- I think that like, although then again, if you if you had the the Boston Bruins host an All Star game. And you had dropkick Murphys up there on stage playing music. They're playing music. I still feel like that'd be better. Right. (laughs) Yeah. No, you're spot on.
1: And the skills competition is always been for me, like more important than what the all-star game is. You know, in years past, they, they did a little bit more of the whole showboating thing with the shootout and everything. I, I, I want them to be completely separated from that. Like, because I want them to showcase their skills, and we did get a lot of that this year—the hardest shot, and, and the accuracy, and the skating, all Why that. The fuck
0: did they have David Possernock in the hardest shot competition? That's a good question, man. He's That's never going to win. That.
1: No, although
0: JT Miller's shot was pretty,
1: pretty, pretty strong. I remember seeing a clip of that. I didn't actually watch the end of the, the skills competition, but seeing him just—I wouldn't want to get in front of that hundred mile an hour shot. Thanks. No, I'm good. You're good. You knock me that you knock me the hell out. When you hit me in the head with that thing. I'll I'm be a out duck. cold. <laughs> I'm you'll, you'll you'll be like uh, Goldberg and the Mighty Ducks, just diving out of the net. <laughs> yeah,
0: dude. Like I only spent like a hundred dollars on my mask. I'm not doing that shit, dude. No, not worth. I it. don't trust in the engineering of my hundred dollar mask. Not worth this
1: it.
0: This thing no. was like a, a a Bauer unit from like three seasons ago that was unclear. It's like
1: don't hit me with this. Dude, I I always every time somebody hits me in the head in, in men's league, I I have a, like a nice helmet, but it's old. Like I had it when I was playing in my college days. But it's still like I'm like, dude, really? You're hitting me in the effing head right now. Everyone's like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm like, dude, we're playing like an A level like league, men's league. Like you can control your shot. Don't do that. Don't hit me in the head.
0: <laughs> it's not that hard. Just just <laughs> aim at your fucking bucket. Fuck sakes! I say that, and yet I went out. I have told you this story. Like Amelia jumped in the net. My seven-year-old daughter. She just turned seven. Actually, she was six at the time. And she's like, "Shoot the puck!" I'm like, "You're not a goalie. I'm the only goalie in this household. So you're not a goalie. Shoot the puck!" <laughs> I fucking shot it, and I hit her right in the fucking cage. I fucking hit her right in the face good way to deter her from being a goalie (laughs) completely unintentionally and i'm like thinking to myself like shit i can't like give any of those shooters shit now because i fucking (laughs) did it to my kid my six-year-old kid i hit her in the face oh man she just looked at me and she started her eyes started to water like "Ah." it's like no 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 i'm so sorry you're okay you had a cage on you're fine thing is when you got the
1: mask if you have a decent mask it doesn't hurt just makes your Get your bell rung a little bit. Yeah, but It's like, dude, I didn't need that. <laughs> yeah, No one wants
0: that. It doesn't help me warm up. It happens in warm ups. Oh, dude, they do that all the time, dude. Are you fucking kidding me? Nobody wants to see you go bar down in warm ups. You're not helping oh. anybody. I'll be
1: sitting there putting the pegs in and I'll get nailed in the back. Square in the it's back just with a puck.
0: I'm
1: like, dude, um, you see me sitting here putting the pegs in. Why are you taking a shot at the net? Why? Just get it right in the gooch <laughs> right right at the <laughs> beginning right before the game even started I'm, i I, turned around i'm just like all right i'm out I'm not taking yeah, any one i'm good no yep. goalie i'm gonna go stretch <laughs> have fun
0: <laughs> that's so fucking funny uh i i i spent some time and i went on youtube earlier today and the nhl mascot showdown
2: oh what's nice.
0: going on on the ice and honestly, that was probably more entertaining yes. than the three on three because they had just, they had Carlton the Bear from the Leafs in net. They had Wild Wing from Anaheim in the other net. It was East Co- Eastern Conference versus Western Conference. Five on five, birds. Oh, man. They're this onto is, something here. They're fantastic. onto something with this mascot competition.
1: This sounds fantastic. And
0: I got to give a ginormous shout out to. Blades the Bruin who gets out there and is hitting toe drags in his full (laughs) fucking mascot costume.
1: I gotta YouTube
0: this. He's dangling around the Western Conference mascots. He scored like a hat trick in this mascot (laughs) thing. Like, I am shocked. And the other highlight had to definitely be Gritty who had a beautiful pass from Lightning Bug from the Tampa Bay Lightning. Gritty had wide open in the front in the slot one timer and he whiffed the puck. Didn't even (laughs) get a piece of it. He fucking tried to like knee drop one timer and he fell on the ice. It was the funniest fucking thing I've seen.
1: I'm already more entertained with you telling me this story and not even seeing it than I was watching the three on three.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. The mascot challenge was hilarious to watch. And, and if you, uh, if the Bruins ever get a NHL all-star event uh, in Boston, Definitely make sure you can go to the mascot challenge. Bring your kids if you have kids. Kids in the crowd were just eating it up. And they had a grand old time. It it honestly was like, even for me, a grown ass man. It was hilarious to watch these mascots skating around with a full bench of other mascots. (laughs) Like the bench is reacting to everything that's happening on the ice. You know, they're not going to talk They're So they're all going to be animated. They're like just going nuts out there uh but yeah it was a lot of fun to watch definitely recommend you take a peek at that blades blades is a legend
1: gotta think the bruins are gonna get one somewhat soon right i mean it's been geez
0: almost 30 years it's been almost 30 years it seems like boston's kind of getting something like this next year right so there's no all-star game next year uh, which is a step in the right direction as far as I'm concerned. And I Me think too. based on what... Yeah, Burge is right there aligned with you. So uh, the NHL announced their formal return to the Olympics, which is great news. Yes. Best on best hockey. Real best on best. Well done. I don't know why it took us this fucking long to get there, but the NHL is returning to the Olympics in 2026 and 2030. That's so cool. that's super exciting. We'll be able to see... Knock on wood, hopefully Jeremy Swayman, David Pasternak, Charlie McAvoy, mm-hmm. probably Hampus Lindholm. Uh, like a lot of this team is going to be on Olympic rosters, mm-hmm. which is going to be a lot of fun to see. But uh, in the interim, like I said, no All-Star game next year. first did you hear what's going on
1: next year? I did. The internet, what are they calling it?
0: I don't know, like the Four Nations Tournament or something. The, whatever,
1: whatever they're calling it. But yes, Montreal and Boston are going to be hosting this this tournament. There are f- what four teams? It's the USA, Canada, Finland, Sweden. Sweden are going to play in a uh, kind of like a mini mini best on best, if you want to call it that. Just, know, just tournament. to
0: whet your appetite.
1: Yeah, just enough, just enough to get you interested in it. I'm, I'm all for it. I think it's great. I think it's uh, an awesome thing. I think we kind of hinted at this on previous episode when we talked about it. little disappointed that we're not going to see like the Czechs yeah. and the Russians involved in this. Which yeah, means we're, I gotta, not gonna see I, we're not going to see David yeah, Pasternak. Yeah, exactly. I got to Go shout ahead. out
0: Catherine, who interacted with the podcast account on Twitter. She was like, well, our biggest star in Boston is David Pasternak. And you're going to have these games here in Boston without David Pasternak. And I think that's a great point. That's
1: fair. It's an absolutely, it's a fair point. And you know, you're, you're, they're really limiting themselves with what this is supposed to be. But at the end of the day, if you are a diehard hockey fan who lives in Boston, who lives in the area of Montreal, you're going to eat this whole thing up. Like you're getting USA, you're getting Canada and you're getting, you know, the, the two Scandinavian teams, Sweden and Finland. And it's, I think it's going to be great. I'm going to make every effort possible to try to get down to watch some of this.
0: Yeah, 2 stack will have representation at these games, for sure.
1: We cannot wait. And like I said, it's a mini best-on-best best because, again, you're not getting the Russians. You're not getting the Czechs. You're not getting the Slavics. You're not getting any of those other European influences into, into this tournament. But maybe this is a stepping stone. Maybe they see how it goes, and maybe they expand it Next time they do it, I'd love, yeah, honestly, they, I'd love to see them replace the all-star game with organizing something like this every year. Yeah.
0: It, this would be it, something better. I love it. And, and I understand there are people that are detractors of, you know, the four nation model, a half ass return. I think a lot of that criticism came before their full announcement of the return of the Olympics. And they didn't just stop with that. They did announce their full intention to return to the full world cup of hockey as well so uh the nhl and the nhlpa are aligned in their commitment to return to best on best hockey and uh i can't say anything but i am a hundred a thousand a million percent in support of this and i can't wait for another moment like the golden goal that Sidney crosby scored at salt lake city
1: i just wish it didn't happen against the united states
0: it's all right. I I was rooting for Patrice Bergeron on Team Canada. I was
1: not I was all aboard Tim Thomas and Ryan Miller. I know Tim Thomas and play a lot, but I was
0: Fucking devastated Ryan Kessler was on that team.
1: Fuck him. I was devastated when that happened. I was like, Fuck I em. that that's probably the most invested I've been in an Olympics in a long time. You know, it was that 2010, I think it was. I was in college. I was all in. Dude, like
0: I am stoked for the return I'm, of Olympic hockey. Oh, so my
1: dude. It's going to be unbelievable to see the NHL setting their best. You don't have to worry about like somebody like Brian Gianta being the captain of Team USA. Oh,
0: my fucking
1: God. And watching the USA and the Canadians, especially just their teams are depleted when they don't have their NHL players in there. It's,
0: it's awful. You're
1: getting guys that are just retreads at that point. Yeah. So absolutely cannot wait.
0: Yeah. I am stoked. I can't wait for it. And and then on the fact of the people that were being critical of the Four Nations tournament that's coming up, I get it. Like I said, I, I still understand. But if it's gonna happen anywhere, I'm glad it's happening in Boston. So I can oh, watch yeah, McDavid absolutely. in a Canada uniform, alongside Crosby, alongside Marchand, alongside all of these players, team USA, Swayman and McAvoy. McAvoy. It, it, it team sweden if we do end up signing elias lindholm we'll have the two lindholms and linus Olmark on that like there's mm-hmm. gonna be we're gonna eat boys and girls we're gonna eat here as a boston bruins fan right here at td garden so uh really looking forward to that um we've gone over a lot here today we're gonna actually probably bring this episode to a close uh burst any concluding thoughts today
1: Give me more of best on best over fake hockey. I'll call it fake hockey. I'll go as far as to say fake hockey is what the all-star game is. And until they find a way to make it more entertaining for the diehards versus the casual fan, I'm out on the all-star. Give me these international tournaments, even if you're leaving out some of the big countries. Give me that. And just final one final thought. Don Sweeney, I know you're an avid listener of the two pad stack. Don't blow your wad on the trade deadline this year. Don't do
0: it. Don't Don't do do it. it. Go sign Phil Kessel and call it a day. You don't need to do it. Please don't do it. Fat Pat. Let's go. To you. All right. Thanks everybody for tuning in. We will see you next week. We've got some really fun announcements coming out. Just stay tuned. Let's go. Later. Stop the fucking sign ago. Time
2: to go. This concludes our broadcast day. Click